1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. As I was saying, an update that I'll provide uh, throughout the day today. As a lot of people uh, have talked about this story, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting, actually, for all the things that we discuss that go viral, that become the topic of the day for you, for me, for anyone, and how many of them in today's day and age and over the last, say, seven, eight years have been political in nature. So many of the things that we discuss, some politician has some take somewhere. Stories like the the Titanic um, thing, the, the submersible called the Titan that was trying to just explore wreckage of the Titanic as sort of a very expensive, touristy, but yet dangerous thing. Uh, they, they wind up being conversations you have with just anybody. Um, and the sad news is, and this is not terribly unexpected news, given what we were talking about even just yesterday uh, around the time of my show, is that everybody on board that um, submersible likely died. The thing that's new in the conversation about this is the belief is there was a catastrophic implosion and not necessarily a getting stuck somewhere on the ocean floor and then slowly running out of oxygen. And I have to be honest, even still, I don't even know. I'm going to move on to other things very soon, I promise. But I read a description of what it would be like to uh, die the way that people were thinking, uh, that the people on board that submersible were maybe not going to survive and how they were going to lose their lives. And it was horrific. Uh, the idea that in a, a very small, confined space the size of a, a minivan, uh, you would be going to the bathroom in that space. You would be hallucinating at certain points as oxygen ran out. There'd be a lot of things uh, going on that would make it a, a really, really horrible way uh, to lose your life. And so the fact that now the belief is that it was almost like a, an instantaneous uh, thing and the, the submersible, which I'm sure will be talked about because it, it sounds like it was inherently unsafe uh, to begin with. And that there were a lot of reasons to think that it was not the type of thing that was being handled correctly by the company that owned it. And again, that's probably something we'll talk about more. Uh, but the fact that it likely just imploded the way it did and it would, again, be a, a instantaneous blink of the eyes sort of thing is in some way, shape or form, I'm sure, to to some, although maybe not immediately, as far as family members and others are concerned, uh, a, a silver lining in an otherwise very sad story. Uh, but that is the latest we have now. They found debris, and they believe that the the craft simply imploded. Um, I'm not sure that we have all the debris yet, so I, I don't know if that story will change at all, and I'll keep you updated on it uh, since it did become a, a pretty dominant conversation for a lot of people. Other things out there, absolutely shifting gears um, quite a bit to something else, to the world of politics, to our president. There's a bunch of audio out there today. Uh, the first thing that I'll play, and I'll play it more because I find it interesting than some of the, the truly awful answers or things that he said, the, the Biden missteps that are pretty common part of him speaking at any time to any sort of press and probably why he does it so, so rarely. But the first thing is he was asked a question, a somewhat challenging question about his relationship with China and Xi Jinping and some of the things he said recently. And it looked as though he read his answer. Um, which means that he was prepped on that question or the likelihood, and it was a two-parter, uh, but the likelihood of that question. And then he, he looked down, he didn't look up uh, toward the audience and holding a piece of paper uh, on his podium, spoke, and I'll play all the things he said. And uh, he It's a two-part, as I said. And the first part of the question, he just gives a simple no answer to. Uh, the reporter asked if this recent description that Biden gave of Xi Jinping, somewhat inferring that he's a dictator, uh, is going to further harm 
relationships between the United States and China? Answer your first question is no. Uh, you know, uh, when we're talking to our allies and, and partners around the world, including India, uh, we let the uh, uh, the idea of my choosing and avoiding saying what I think is the facts with regard to the relationship with India with uh, China uh -huh. is. Uh, is just not uh, something I'm going to uh, change very much. Um, I got to be honest too. With the way he's reading this, it almost as if it's it's almost as if it's like the person who just started being a grade school teacher decides to read a children's book to the kids and sort of struggles through doing the voices or, or anything about the book because you can't really decide what you're going to do. I know it's a weird analogy, but I've seen it happen before where someone's like, "Yeah, it's story time, kids." And you know the teacher that does a great job, has a thousand voices, and everything sounds so smooth. And the other teacher that's seen that before and can't do that, uh, this is our president trying to read a specific statement to a challenging question and definitely doing it in a very belabored manner, to say the least. I think we uh, – I believe that – and I've said this for some time – that the hysteria about the relationship with China is collapsing and moving, et cetera, et cetera. We had an incident that uh, caused uh, some uh, some confusion, you might say. <laughs> but President uh, Secretary Blinken had a great trip to China. Uh, I expect to be meeting with President Xi sometime in the future. I expect we're going to sit down and meet sometime in the future, and them flying, excuse me, a spy balloon over our country that caused confusion. We were confused by it, even though we didn't shoot it down right away. And then we shot down other things that weren't Chinese spy balloons. I'm not going to keep talking about it. You know the thing. Uh, but that is Biden answering a, a two-part question about the relationship with China and then just saying out loud, I hope to sit down with him soon. Uh, even our um, uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, struggled to get that meeting, according to many people, before it happened, before he left China. So when and if you're actually going to have a sit-down between the president of China and the president of our country is something that apparently is – is long been asked for by Biden. He's been asking for it since about the spy balloon time. Um, and we, we haven't had uh, many sit downs, many conversations at all. Uh, and they blame us, even according to CNN, as far as how uh, Blinken was treated uh, while he was having those conversations with Xi Jinping. All right, let's move on. Other stuff out there. Um, I think this is kind of an interesting two different but similar topic sort of conversations from Biden. Uh, the first one about how we're working with G7 to help Africa fight global warming, apparently. That's a specific thing that we're going to do the best we can with. For example, we're working with the G7 to provide for infrastructure work for, for uh, dealing with global warming in the continent of Africa. Uh, in Angola, building the largest solar project. There we go. We're going to build a solar panel in Africa and then tell them you're welcome. And if they tell us they have any other challenges that they're facing right now, we'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. We built this solar panel in this giant uh, piece of space here, and you should be happy about it. I don't know why this is bad. <laughs> that was funny to me. This is even better. Um, I made fun of this, I don't know, maybe a week ago or so. And it, it happened twice in a very short period of time. President Biden described a train, a railway, that is not a thing that's going to be created. He said that we were going to put the uh, railroad in the ocean and have it go from the Pacific Ocean all the way to the Indian Ocean. That's a swing and a miss. And he swung and missed twice on that topic. And so someone's gotten to him. He's changed it. 
It still doesn't sound great, but it is different as far as the way in which he describes the sub-Saharan African uh, rail system that we've long talked about uh, here in the United States and with other countries that would not actually be on any body of water, as far as I understand it. And yet Biden's still not totally sure that it's not going to be at least partially built on the ocean. Moving ourselves and having railway to go all the way across the southern two-thirds, from the Atlantic Ocean to the the Indian Ocean in Africa to be able (laughs) to transport and do it cheaper and do it with less, less, how can I say it, Less. Oh, I don't know if you can say it, sir. I'm not sure that you're going to say it. Um, less, less something. Uh, but yes, the, the Atlantic Ocean to the Indian Ocean within Africa is how we're going to be building that rail system. Now, I feel like people are trying to explain this to him, and he's looking at them, and he's nodding his head, and he's like, I get it. I get what we're doing now. And then he walks off, and he describes it wrong, and they're like, oh, man, he still doesn't understand it. It actually sort of feels like the first time you explain a technology thing to someone who doesn't understand the technology thing. And they want to tell you that they get it, but then they they don't get it. I remember when my grandmother learned how to send emails and how that took that took a little while. I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, There were a few uh, back and forths and a few like dry runs at it before eventually you got to the point where the emails made sense. Uh, My my grandmother is 90. So, again, not trying to be mean to her. I'm just saying it's the kind of thing you need a few passes at. And it seems like our president needs a few more passes on this railway in order to really get it down. We're really hoping that he'll find it sometime in the next couple of years uh, before hopefully he's no longer our president. Uh, Other things out there uh, that I think are interesting, as I said, I found a crap ton of really silly topics today. And it feels like a day where we need a lot of silly topics. So I plan on doing a lot of those throughout the show. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are likely to fight. (laughs) I can't help it. They're likely to fight each other. I think that Elon Musk might have been the guy who first responded to somebody's tweet, because it's Elon and he owns Twitter and he does this, that said that they should have a cage match. And Elon said yes. And Zuckerberg, who's been doing um, Muay Thai and other kinds of fighting, said yes as well, apparently. And so now they're going to fight and it's probably going to be in a cage, and sports books are already trying to create betting lines on it. Uh, Zuckerberg is favored in several of the betting lines right now, probably because one of Elon's follow-up tweets to being willing to fight Zuckerberg said that his move, his fighting move, he calls it the walrus, and that's where you just lay on top of an opponent and don't let them move, and you don't actually really fight them at all. It's kind of like the thing an older sibling does to a younger sibling when the younger sibling is being crazy and the older sibling doesn't want to actually fight them but wants the craziness to stop. My sister used to do it to us, my little brother and I, when she would babysit us. If she thought we were being insane, she'd just sit on us for a while. And that was devastating, man. I was a very little kid and like that, like when you can't move at all, like, you, I don't know, there's, there's no worse feeling than, all right, I've lost, you win this fight. So if Elon Musk did walrus, I I can't believe I'm saying the sentence. If Elon Musk did successfully walrus Mark Zuckerberg, it would be one of the happiest images I'll see in my life. I don't think it'll happen. I think Zuckerberg would win this fight uh, because he's been training and and Mark uh, and Elon Musk has not been. But just the idea of it alone has entertained a lot of people uh, in the last few hours today after it's slowly become a thing that sounds like it's actually going to happen. All right. Quick break. A lot more. 1470 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins Show. Uh, Happy Thursday or Friday Eve to everybody out there. Uh, Still a terrible drought uh, going on. I will talk to Max Armstrong tomorrow 
on the show at about this time. So this is a 24-hour tease. But Max Armstrong, uh, a friend of mine, uh, a famous broadcaster uh, in the world of agriculture, in the world of farming, uh, and a guy that's going to have a bunch of insight I don't have, uh, will be on this show in just over 24 hours uh, to give us all the insight into a uniquely bad uh, drought uh, going on. Some other things out there. I wasn't at this radio station when I became obsessed with this story. I was working somewhere else at the time. Uh, but anyone who listened to me then would definitely know how entertained I was by Jetpack Man. If you don't remember Jetpack Man, it was a guy that was flying around in a jetpack, or at least that's what was believed to be going on. I think this was early on during COVID. And maybe that's why I got so obsessed with the story. In Los Angeles at LAX, pilots would think that they saw a guy on a jetpack pass them. I actually have some audio of one pilot calling it into a tower a couple years ago. Here's this. Tower, American 1997. We just passed a guy in a jetpack. <laughs> American 1997, okay. Thank you. Were they up to your left side or right side? Off the left side, uh, maybe uh, 300 yards or so. Power altitude. Yeah, that's a real thing. People thought that they saw a guy in a jetpack. I think it turned out to be like more of a drone than a jetpack and a skeleton, like a Halloween decoration not actually a dude in it. Uh, but the reason that I, I loved that story so much is I want jetpacks for everybody. Uh, if any politician uh, ran on the platform of jetpacks for everyone, even though we'd all call that government excessive spending, I would be all in on that version of things because I want, I want my free jetpack, people. And I know that chaos would ensue, but why not? Let's just go crazy. Uh, apparently, and this is the reason I'm bringing it up, there's going to be a festival in the U.K., and the Domino's there is going to use a jetpack, an actual jetpack, and an actual delivery guy to fly pizzas into the festival. This is real as far as I found it. Um, and the name of one of the people who works for the jetpack company is Sam Wilson. Uh, that's actually the name of the current Captain America in the world of Marvel movies. He said um, that this is a unique use of their jetpack technology to bring pizzas to people at a music festival. Uh, he said that delivering piping hot pizzas is not exactly the usual intended use of our technology, and it's not part of our normal flight plan. But the jetpack for one thing is at some point going to be a thing, and I, I cannot wait for it. I will order mine in advance from Jeff Bezos. It'll probably try to sell me, like, books and stuff with its onboard Amazon Alexa thing. Uh, but I want one so bad, and I know it would be terrible. Uh, but I would order so many pizzas if I was going to this festival just so Jetpack Guy would keep showing up. He'd probably, like, land and look at me and be like, please don't. Please don't order another one. Like, oh, man, I just got another one. Can you go back and get the next one? Or maybe give me the Jetpack and let me do it this time? I don't know why I'm so excited about this, but I, I can't help it, people. I'm a technology guy, and there's the height of technology to me is one-person jetpack. Uh, the minute we get there, I think probably Will Stevenson would agree to this. The minute we get to everybody gets a jetpack, we can do no better in society. <laughs> like, then, then we should pack it all in. We can all jetpack to the red, white, and boom and watch it from the sky and probably, hopefully, not, not risk our lives. not fireworks if we're in the sky. Not there. We'd be, we'd be off in the distance. They'd, like, in the sky rope off something. And so we'd be, we'd be beyond it, and we'd see the fireworks. <laughs> Don't give the boss any ideas, Craig. Okay, hold on. I will beg you, Mike Wilde, to buy one jetpack and let me broadcast from the sky during red, white, and boom. The Craig Collins Show jetpack is something I want to say. So bad. <laughs> Here I was just worried that uh, if you ordered something from a Domino's guy in a jetpack, if he'd be able to carry the two-liter with him. That, uh, that <laughs> yeah, he's going to have a whole backpack. <laughs> he's going to have a whole thing yeah, on like, his back. He'd which... be able to carry the pizza and the dessert Look, and the beverage. That's real close to Iron Man. 
After we get the jetpack, all we need is like uh, the armor to encase yourself in, and then you're fully Iron Man. Then I think it's it's done from there. So what you're saying is is yeah. really you're not so much into the jetpack as you are into the idea of being Iron Man. Yes, uh, both both equally both. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I would like the armor if it's available. If not, I'll take just the jetpack. And one more time, specifically for our boss Mike Wild. Everybody else who listens, <laughs> listen if you want to. If we can get a jetpack for me, I would be so happy. We can just rent it like a one-off. We don't have to buy it. <laughs> put Wolfie on a yeah. jetpack. No, 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 not no, no. How dare Wolfie try to steal you, my jetpack? You and Wolfie right, on jetpacks. That's jet better. Now nah, I don't want. I don't want to share. I don't want a tandem jetpack. But no, I didn't no, no. Say that. Yeah, I, I tandem skydived once. It wasn't all it was cracked I'm, up to be. I'm going to stay on the ground. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm dead serious. If we could rent a jetpack and I could fly up into the sky and tell you how red, white, and boom is going from the sky, that would make my life. <laughs> So let's let's get that done, people. Let's figure that out. Let's let's just see if we can get you onto the barge first, and then no, work he on said, the jetpack. I already I asked Mike on this show. He already said oh, no to that. Right. He said yeah. that was inherently dangerous. So I'm sure he'll have no problem with jetpack ideas. I'm starting to find out anymore that life is inherently <laughs> dangerous. I might be adding some words. I think he might have just said dangerous, but it is inherently. All right, Will's got the news. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins Show. Let's do some more political audio, shall we? Why not? Uh, first, our president met with the prime minister of uh, India, I believe, today. And one of those conversations that was had was, well, weird. Uh, our president seems to believe that being president is a lesser role than being prime minister. He calls it a demotion uh, when he got it wrong as to what the title is. That's not great. Uh, I'll say this. The guy who's in the role of president here in our country uh, considers that to be a lower role than any other role out there. I mean, outside of like maybe king or, or something. Uh, we, we should consider this a pretty valuable position, comparable uh, to positions like prime minister, sir, uh, not a demotion. Here we go. Well, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. Prime Minister, I just demoted you. Well, Mr. Prime Minister, <laughs> thank you for... Uh... I just demoted you. I just turned you into me, a guy who answers to other people. Uh, who those other people are, I'm not even sure all the time, because they put me in the corner, uh, tell me to play with the uh, coloring book, and then they make some decisions. But yes, uh, that happened today. Uh, there's also this. This is uh, a pretty interesting couple moments with the House Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, the first one, really good question. Do you believe that the Hunter Biden plea agreement will actually cause some people to lose support for President Biden in the presidential election? The reason why uh, this question would be shaped this way to a leader in the Democratic Party is that actually it's a Democratic talking point to ask for our judicial system to be more fair, especially in the world of, say, uh, race and how uh, things like critical race theory actually do apply uh, to the world of law and not to the world of anything other than law. And it's still a theory that still is debated, even if uh, some act as though it's a proven fact that it's not necessarily in any way, shape or form. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to uh, dovetail into a conversation about that. That's not the point. Uh, these are Democratic talking points. These are discussions uh, that often are made. And I say not because politicians believe in certain things strongly, but because they believe that you believe in them strongly, or at least their base does, and you're more likely to vote for them if you say the thing that they that someone wants someone to say. And now Hunter Biden's deal, uh, his very, very kind plea deal that actually has already been exposed for being unfair by a lawyer from a rapper uh, who went to jail for three years for just one of the things that Hunter Biden was accused of doing that he'll wind up pleading guilty to and not wind up going to prison for one second for. And here is how Hakeem Jeffries very quickly answered what I think is actually a really good question. 
if your party begs for things to change in certain spaces in our society, and if the opposing party is like, you know, they're not as broken as you say they are, but your party says they're broken, then when you see something that seems to glaringly scream broken to your own base of voters, uh, you would wonder if it would have – I don't know if it will – I'm not actually saying it will have a a huge impact. I don't know how much of it is even on the radar of a lot of people because this story is barely talked about as much as it should be uh, because, again, just to say this simplistically – the son of a current president is going to plead guilty to uniquely bad charges, including a gun-related charge. Uh, that seems like the kind of thing that would be all over the news in other scenarios. But here's what Jeffrey said. Do you believe the Hunter Biden plea agreement will cause President Biden to lose support in the presidential election? Do you believe the impeachment... Can I answer the first question? Uh, sure. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, okay. So you just, you think so? No. So there's no problem at all with that. It's totally fine. Everything's great. Uh, and then we'll go on and move to the second question. Here's a little bit more of what he said, uh, when he accused Republicans of peddling conspiracy theories of the oversight chair, uh, James Comer being totally out of control and unhinged. You know, what's funny about this. I I wanted to take a a step back for a second as, as I play this audio and as you hear it, Because this is identical to things that were said by Republicans when uh, the Democrats were going after uh, Trump again and again and again, that these were political witch hunt sort of things. And the unique difference in those two conversations is that Hunter Biden is going to plead guilty to some of the things that he's being accused of doing. It's not like Trump ever pled guilty to Russia, 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 because, well, we know that that was a hoax uh, now fairly easily. Uh, from the Durham report. Even Jake Tapper of CNN can admit that it was a hoax and that it didn't make the FBI look good. And it made Trump definitely look um, very, very good, or at least it exonerated Trump, according to Tapper and others on all forms of political sides of the aisle. But I just think this is funny because if you if you erase the person speaking, you can actually hear both parties saying similar things uh, to this. And again, unique difference is Hunter Biden is going to plead guilty Uh, to crimes in the world of of tax evasion. Uh, He didn't get charged with crimes in the world of falsifying business records, which feels odd uh, because that is one of the things that Trump is being charged with in Manhattan. And then also he's going to plead guilty to a gun charge, but enter into a program so it just gets expunged, removed totally from his record. The peddling conspiracy theories before the Judiciary Committee. The oversight chairperson is totally out of control and unhinged. He's unhinged. He's crazy. What's he doing? I don't know why he's doing stuff. How dare he investigate something and try to push deeper into something that the son of the president is going to plead guilty to at least some charges uh, in connection to what the oversight committee believes to actually be occurring, uh, which is bribes uh, being accepted by the son of the president and money being handed off somehow in some sort of weird Uh, shell game to the president of the United States referred to as the big guy. Uh, That's completely ridiculous. Shouldn't even be explored. There's no truth to it whatsoever outside of the tiny little thing that Hunter Biden is pleading guilty to, which can't possibly be uh, thought to be connected to that stuff because it's it's uh, hiding money and tax evasion and things like that. But that's totally different. He was on cocaine. That's this is actually a defense. This isn't me uh, saying this. He was on cocaine, so he didn't even purposefully get his taxes wrong. He just didn't know what was going on. That's actually a defense they could have used in court, uh, which is one of the reasons believed that Hunter was offered a plea deal is actually it'd be hard to prove that he did this purposefully because of how much of a, a 
damaged person and a, a problematic, if that's the word I want to choose to be all um, millennial about it, person Hunter Biden was a few years ago. Uh, think about how odd that is, too, by the way. And that's not getting talked about. Uh, but, it, but it is true. I, I promise you. And I'll find audio of experts saying it, that one of the worries for prosecution that could have gone after Hunter Biden is that in court, his defense would say that the reason he didn't intentionally or way to, to cause doubt as to whether or not he intentionally falsified his taxes is that he was all coked up. I'm sure they would say it a little bit differently, but that, that's the truth. And then I, I heard a few different talking heads, uh, probably more a bias on the left talking head to say, man, it'd be tough to, to argue in court that that is not true uh, based on a lot of the things we know about Hunter Biden. OK, one other thing I want to play. Uh, this is the uh, vice president talking about frogs. Uh, that's the entirety of the intro I'm going to give you. Um, I think of those two frogs, you know, the two frogs in the two pots. So <laughs> for, your, for your listeners, here it goes. So there are two pots of water and two frogs. And in one pot, you put the frog in the water and you slowly turn up the heat. And that frog's just hanging out as the heat just slowly gets hotter to the point that that water starts to boil and that frog perishes. In the other pot of water, you first turn up the heat real high. The water's boiling. You drop that frog in. He'll jump right out. The lesson there, as far as I'm concerned, don't be that first frog. Don't don't do the thing too quickly. Uh, don't be too crazy. Uh, she was talking about unions and how she wanted to inspire union members uh, to fight the good fight. And she told the, the <laughs> I can't even, how do I even, she, she told the, the story of the two frogs and the two pots. Because uh, I'm sure that if you were sitting there at a union meeting of some kind, uh, wondering if you're going to get your next paycheck uh, for whatever the fight is you're, you're trying to fight out. Um, and then you heard somebody go up on stage and tell you a story about two frogs and some boiling water. <laughs> I can't help it. I, I really genuinely I find it that funny for real. None of that is fake. Uh, laughter. Uh, I can't help myself. Um, yeah, it, it's I, yeah, I'll say this. And I've said this before. And I've gotten in trouble for this. And I don't care. I'm going to say it again. When the vice president, uh, Kamala Harris, was on the debate stage against Biden, she actually didn't look dumb. Uh, you probably don't even remember that now. But there were times when the lawyer person or whoever the person is that's actually in there uh, came out where she sounded more intelligent uh, than she has sounded ever since she became our vice president. It just disappeared. Any ability to I don't know if it's hanging out with with uh, Joe Biden all that much or being incapable, I think, at times of saying what you actually think, uh, because at times I get the sense that uh, Harris is trying to figure out what she thinks in order to appease whoever it is she's talking to, uh, to make sure she never steps outside of uh, the things she's supposed to say, much like the president also seems to do uh, if he knows what's going on. Uh, but it's just, it's just amazing to me how far this politician has fallen after being given an opportunity. It's the old the emperor has no clothes uh, statement. If if anyone, because the current president, uh, Biden, our, our president who ran and won an election um, while hiding in his basement, was always a guy that didn't seem to be capable of having conversations in the public with people like he, he uniquely there's a Robin Williams stand up bit about how terrible Biden is at public speaking and other things. And of course, the the late great comedian uh, was not around for the current version of Biden in the White House as our president. But the vice president is someone who she's she's not even going to be in the, the realm of discussion, I think, for people who could take over for for Joe and have a lot of 
um, a lot of support from the Democratic Party. I think it would be exactly the same, if not even worse uh, somehow uh, than how people feel about our current president. And that's all just been over the last couple of years and because of stuff, weird stuff like two frogs, two pots uh, story. All right. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Don't know why I'm talking like that. Um, I love the second story I'm going to provide to you in just a moment here. But first, I thought this was interesting. I like this story. I don't love it. I'm in love with the second one. Harvard University did a study to find how much the average home needs to make to afford buying a house. Uh, because the cost of homes, even though it's actually uh, dipped a little bit, is still up quite a lot from what it was just a few years ago. Weird. The cost of everything has gone up a bunch. That sounds so strange. It feels like we don't talk about that enough, and we should talk about it all the time, every second of every day. Uh, the household income needed now uh, to afford a typical payment on a home is $117,100. Uh, that is up about 43% from just a year ago. Uh, according to the um, the numbers here, uh, that is not good. Um, oh, excuse me. No, wait, I'm getting that wrong. That, that didn't sound right. So I, let me correct that. Uh, that is putting no more than 43% of your income uh, toward paying a house. Uh, that's how they calculate the number in the first place. But the monthly mortgage payment rose 30% from 1780 to $2,300 uh, during the same period uh, that Harvard did this study. So a lot of money has gone into buying and owning a home and a lot of money needed to afford I uh, said home. I'm sort of thrilled. My wife and I bought a house uh, a couple years ago. It felt like it was a bad time to buy one. It felt like the market the market was already, you know, much higher than it should be. And yet uh, things have only continued to go certain directions. I don't mean to brag. I'm just uniquely happy about something as I read that story. All right. This is the one I love. I love this story. And I would play the audio, but it's just music. A lot of people who put stuff up on social media now, they don't talk themselves. They just add music and then write some things. Uh, but this woman, this young person, uh, I don't know exactly how old she is, uh, said that she bought a brand new car for $17,000 and she bricked her car recently. She's been driving it for the last year or two. I don't even think it's all that specific how long she's been driving it. But here's the way that she bricked it. She didn't know you needed to do oil changes. She said no one told her. She said she had no idea that every two to three months you're supposed to change the oil in your vehicle. So the entire time she owned it, more than a year, didn't change the oil a little bit at all and destroyed the car. Um, I wonder if insurance pays for that. But I love the fact that she's blaming everybody else. She's like, how come nobody told me that you need to change the oil in a vehicle? How do you not know this? How is this something you're not aware of? How is this something that you didn't read through the manual if you went and bought a, a new car, a $17,000 vehicle? Um, whatever the new car would be for that price. I can't think of a lot of cars that are brand new that sell for that price, maybe new to her, uh, but it got viewed hundreds of thousands of times. A whole lot of people seem to be offering her some sort of sympathy, um, but I, I don't know what to say. I, how do you not know that cars need oil changes? How, how do you blame anybody other than yourself for that? That's a bad blind spot to have. You, you feel like you have a conversation about that at some point with somebody if you've driven other vehicles in your life and don't immediately first, and she doesn't look like she's 16, 17. She definitely looks to be at least in her 20s. Um, if you don't ever have a conversation with anyone about that, how did you drive vehicles? Did your family just like change the oil for you and not even tell you? Did they do? I don't, I don't understand. Or, or maybe you just didn't have a car until now, which she doesn't claim in the uh, video. But that, that to me, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of excuses. I, I wouldn't even put that up on social media. I wouldn't admit to this if I was that person. Uh, another thing that I thought was pretty funny and also went viral 
uh, is a woman. Her name is Megan. Uh, she put up a seven-second video. It's her at her local grocery store. I'm not sure what grocery store it is. I can't tell. And they put together these prepackaged meals. So it's got food. I think there's uh, beef steak. There's there's all kinds of things. There's pork chops. And then it's wrapped with other side dishes and put in just that that front uh, center area uh, where you go and you pick up your meat at the grocery store. You buy it right over the counter. And she said this looks really unhealthy, that they should not package the the meat products with the other products. And I love that she got upset about this. I love that other people said they were horrified about this because the ready-to-make, ready-to-microwave, however-you-do-it meal, and I think they were all pre-cooked, which she might not have noticed there, uh, is the best thing ever. Uh, my wife just came back from a week-long trip to Mexico, and if I couldn't – and this is my – it's always been my rule. I know I've talked about it a little bit on the show. I am a one-item, one-cooking device – and then one thing to eat on guy in the world of making things. So I need the prepackaged meal to have multiple things for dinner. I put it all in the microwave. I cook it in the microwave. I take it out, and I eat it off of the plate that's provided for me. This is a win in my book, and I hope it never goes away. I love that she was upset about it. I love that she thought that everyone else would be upset about it and that actually some other people were, in fact, upset about it because it's, it's my favorite thing that exists in our world is that someone can do most of the work for me to make a meal, and I just have to heat it up. All right, one other thing I thought this was interesting, uh, and then we'll throw it to the news. We'll do some news with Will. Um, I've heard this before, and I don't know if I've ever really seen the stats be quite this extreme, uh, but people that are not married, people that are in dating relationships, usually like to be single for the summer. There's a bunch of stats about that. Cuffing season is during the winter, and then uncuffing season is during the summer. The summer, even though it feels like it started a while ago, officially started just the other day. And so 73% of people who are not in committed married relationships uh, said they'd like to be single this summer. 80% of 18 to 24-year-olds said they intend to be uncuffed uh, for the next few months in this survey of over 100 uh, sexually active adults is what it says here. 66% said that they prefer to be in a relationship only during the winter. If you saw a stat like this, and if you had someone express a lot of interest in you uh, right as things start to get colder, I wonder how you'd feel about that. Like you'd think to yourself, is this just going to be a winter thing? Do you actually like me? Are you just bored? You don't want to go out of the house as much. You don't want to do as many activities and things. And then once we get to the summer, are we going to have a break? Are we going to break up? I don't know. It's just interesting to me. But this is a long reported stat that seems to be getting more and more extreme all the time uncuffing season for the next few months. So good luck to anyone who got a text at some point today or this week from someone you're in a relationship with that said, we need to talk. It's, it's not likely to go well, that conversation, whatever this conversation is going to be, it's probably not going to be ideal. Or maybe it is. Maybe you'll be thrilled to hear this from the other person. All right, I got to take a break. A lot more coming up after the news. I have more audio to play. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. You know, one of my favorite things to talk about sometimes with people, and I'm a millennial, uh, so there's a lot of people that think politically different than I do uh, in my own age bracket uh, that I talk about. Friends of mine, uh, we don't mind sometimes. Sometimes they do, uh, the things that we differ on. Uh, but anyway, what I, what I think is funny is to talk about how ridiculous, how crazy, how out in the middle of nowhere some very far-right politicians are, according to my uh, liberal friends. And how, you know, um, performative so much political uh, thing, so many political things are on the world, uh, in the world of the conservative. But for a liberal, 
Uh, they usually can't see the ridiculous, the silly, the crazy that goes on in their political party. So let me play a little bit of it. Let me let me do a thing. Uh, there was a vote to censure Adam uh, Schiff. Um, and yesterday there was a whole bunch of audio where Democrats were saying that Adam Schiff is the best of us. Uh, he makes everyone else look like crap. And uh, the world today would be uh, worse if Adam Schiff weren't in it. And that was hilarious, uh, the way they were exaggerating everything about him. It felt like they were making Chuck Norris jokes. And if you remember those uh, things about how Chuck Norris was uh, pretty much better than everybody, uh, that he uh, would win in a fight against any. I don't I shouldn't make Chuck Norris jokes. I have them. I won't make them. I'm resisting. Uh, maybe I'll make. No, I'm not going to make them. Uh, anyway, uh, here's what happened. So after the vote actually occurred last night, just about after I got off the air, you had a Game of Thrones-esque thing happen where Democrats started chanting shame after the announced vote did censure Adam Schiff for saying stuff about ties between former President Trump and Russia that have been proven to not be true. Whoops-a-daisies. We said some things. We, we promised that they were close um, close to the truth, if not absolutely the truth, as an Adam Schiff, and then he got them all wrong, and uh, then you get censured, and then everybody gets very upset. But th- this is this is hilarious to me. On this vote, the A's are 213 and the nays are 209, with six answering present. The resolution adopted without objection. The motion to consider is laid on the table. House will be in order. Yeah. Yeah, it just keeps going. I keep playing that. Uh, That happened in the House because Democrats are certainly not performative people. They're certainly not politicians that do ridiculous things when they think that they're in the right and the other party is in the wrong or even when they don't think that if they don't care. You know what this made me think of? I think what we need because, you know, that TV shows do celebrity versions Celebrity Jeopardy, celebrity whatever. We need a celebrity, if that's even what we call politicians, a version of Survivor, where we just drop all the politicians onto an island somewhere and we see how many of them survive and how long they survive. I'm not saying we let them die. Uh, The TV show eventually takes people off of the the island, uh, whether you lose and get voted off or if something uh, truly becomes dangerous for your health. But I would love it. Uh, Survivor Congress would be one of my favorite things to watch in all of television. I would watch every episode. I would I would be betting on it if the sports books would bet on it. I'm probably sure they would. And I don't even care if you just put everybody in there. You just in a, in a kind of small island. You just put all of our, our congressmen and women and then you just see what happens. Uh, let's do it. One of the many times they take vacation where they're not doing anything to help us out, because this is what this feels like. I was going to go. Uh, and make a joke about um, um, the Hunger Games, but I don't, I don't want anyone to accuse me of of making a joke that actually insinuates some actual harm coming to politicians. Because I know you're out there, and I know you'd call for my my firing and my canceling. So let's just go Survivor. Let's let's do that world, and still it would be hilarious. I feel a whole lot of politicians would give up day one, uh, which actually we shouldn't allow. We should force them to stay on the island for at least one day, as long as they're not, um, you know. Uh, seriously ill, and then see how they feel after they get off the island. I, it would be amazing. Survivor celebrity, if that's what you want to call it, but Survivor Congress is something I'm begging for, and I will chant shame at some point as people get kicked off the island because, well, you've asked me to do this. All right, other stuff out there that I think is interesting, uh, sillier stuff, let's call it palate cleanser stuff. I saw this. There's a brand new set of AI shoes that are called the Moonwalkers, 
that accelerate your speed by seven miles per hour while walking. A 250% speed increase for the average person. Uh, Shift Robotics is the name of the American startup. I think they've gotten some money from, you know, uh, GoFundMe campaigns and whatnot. But they intend to sell these shoes to people. And with a USB-C uh, power charger in your shoes, they would propel you forward at an, incre- an incredibly uh, faster. It's like the the walk you have at the airport, which I've often thought should be everywhere. I feel like every sidewalk should be that sped up walkway at the airport. And this would be that. Would it help us be in shape? No. Would it probably do more harm than good to people? Yes. Would motorized shoes that I charge every night before I go to bed be something I would desperately want to purchase? My answer, sadly, is also yes. Uh, Seven miles per hour faster, 250% increase. We're getting closer and closer to the bionic man. And I don't know why I'm happy about that, but I'm certainly happy about that. Uh, I saw this story. I referenced it a little bit ago. A guy found what appeared to be an abandoned shopping mall after descending down a secret hidden staircase uh, found in his hometown. Uh, The eerie footage of Discovery was put up on social media, uh, and it's been viewed over 12 million times in just a few days. At the start of the three-and-a-half-minute clip, a person could be seen filming what appeared to be a small hole in the ground that kind of looked like a a concrete-covered pathway. You opened the hole, you found stairs, you go down the stairs, you open what's inside uh, at the bottom of the staircase, and it looks to be several different shopping mall-esque um, you know, storefronts all together in a large atrium-style uh, shopping mall. This is hilarious. Uh, the reason I find this hilarious is the person just kept going. Uh, maybe they had already explored this and knew what the end result would be, but it didn't seem that way in the video, and I would not have kept going. I would not have found a secret staircase and been like, let me go down here, and then continued, because you usually don't find an abandoned shopping mall. Uh, but this is what the person claims to have found, uh, at least what the cameras appeared to show. I'm not even sure exactly where the shopping mall is uh, based on this video, but it's pretty funny to see somebody be like, oh, man, look at this. Do, you, do we think that's what will happen to a lot of shopping malls in the far future since people are, are using them less and less and less? Are they going to be so abandoned that you'll, like, stumble upon them at some point and be entertained by what you think it is or are confused it is? Uh, I hope that never happens. Uh, the shopping mall trip is is a very popular one in Mexico. Uh, my wife, who just came back from Mexico and will be on uh, the show in about 20 minutes, um, probably took at least one family trip to the to the mall in San Luis Potosi, uh, Mexico. It's something they do every time, and it's usually crowded and packed, and people are are doing all the things we remember shopping malls being uh, just a short time ago in our society. But now uh, we're finding them down uh, steep staircases in unknown places and putting that up on social media and getting a whole bunch of views. All right. Uh, after the break, I have another uh, silly story that I want to talk about. It is salacious uh, in nature. I mention that sometimes when topics are a little bit more adult. It's going to be an earmuffs topic. It involves a 42,000-year-old pendant that looks like a thing, looks like something on the human body. And apparently this discovery is important. I'll tell you why. I'm wildly entertained by it. Uh, Just after the break, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Stuff to talk about. Lots and lots of stuff uh, to be discussed. Let's do uh, this first. Uh, I like these pieces of audio. Uh, The first one is a UPS driver. I think this is in um, upstate New York uh, that's named Rick that decided to help out in a moment where a fiancé is talking to him over a ring video doorbell about how the package he's delivering to the house 
is actually a gift, a surprise, I think, uh, birthday gift for her fiancé uh, who's inside the home. Uh, the guy at the last second uh, walks out to see the delivery driver. And uh, as the uh, fiancé over the ring doorbell is asking and then the UPS driver delivers, uh, he pretends that, you know, that package is not for him and hides it. Here's what that sounded like. Rick, I'm at work. It's Hannah. Oh, Hannah. I got you yeah. covered, honey. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hide it if you can, because it's a present for Jason in the mailbox or in there. Yep. Oh, Under that I, pillow. Oh, I'm good. I'm, yeah, I don't have a delivery. I got the wrong house. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're good. You got it, man. It's the wrong house, man. I owe you one, Rick. God, I love you. So what do I got to do now? <laughs> Put it in the mailbox. Yeah, I'll put it inside the gate over there, just under the gate. Thank you. You got it, honey. You're the best. My, my favorite part of that audio is when the UPS driver lies to the guy in the house, like, oh, wrong house, wrong delivery. And then he goes, what do I do now? Where do I leave it? Because he can't just leave it in front of the door at that point. Uh, I feel like that gives it all away. Uh, but this guy hit it, and then the woman was able to give it to her husband or her fiancé later, and he was none the wiser. Although that conversation was happening over a speaker. So maybe he pretended that he didn't know. I'm not sure. I love the audio anyway. Uh, another piece of audio that's out there, and I like this a lot for different reasons. Uh, this is a social media influencer who is trying to tell you how to get free money. Uh, it is a crime. Uh, defrauding credit card companies is something you probably shouldn't admit to doing on your own social media page uh, with your face just sitting right out there uh, and saying how you never intended to pay people back. Uh, it's probably going to come up in a courtroom somewhere. Uh, but here's the viral terrible advice you should not follow let's say for example you'll get a car or a credit card in your personal name you're personally held responsible for that so if you're going to be held liable and if you don't make that payment back the bank can come and sue you with business credit you are not personally held responsible for that line of credit so let's say for example how i got this watch i went and opened business credit cards in that account i then proceeded to go on buy this for hundred thousand dollars i'm going to turn around and sell it to a jeweler for eighty thousand dollars in cash which now gives me the cash I'll file bankruptcy on the company. I'll never have to actually pay it back. <laughs> that is a bad plan. Again, anyone that uh, just listened to all that should not do it, especially don't admit to doing it on a video because then, again, you'll get in a lot of trouble. I don't know why when he says that he bought a watch which is, with his ridiculously high um, available credit limit credit card for his fake company that he decided to – to, um, you know, uh, bankrupt after buying a watch and then reselling it. It reminded me of the Pulp Fiction thing uh, that you may or may not remember uh, with Christopher Walken, where he talks about a solid gold watch. I actually did that in a radio class in college. I did the whole Walken voice. Everybody does a Walken. Mine's not as good as it used to be. And you talk about this solid gold watch that, well, uh, Walken hit on his person. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. Go watch Pulp Fiction if you haven't seen it. But I, I was reminded of that in the moment where he mentions that he, I'll play it again. He bought a watch. I thought Let's of Chris Walken. for example, you'll get a car or a credit card in your personal name. Uh -huh. You're personally held responsible for that. Yeah, so it's not you're going to be held liable. And if you don't make that payment back, the bank can come and sue you. With business credit, you are not personally held responsible for that line of credit. So let's say, for example, how I got this watch. I went and opened business credit cards in that account. I then proceeded to go on, buy this for $100,000. I'm going to turn around and sell it to a jeweler for $80,000. $100,000 watch, sell it for $80,000, and then I make some money, and nobody's a wiser, and now I'm in trouble. And they're playing my video in court, and I just keep hearing Paul can say, solid gold watch. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. shouldn't do any of that. Okay, uh, and probably anyone that has no idea what I'm talking about, uh, not a funny joke. But the people who've seen Pulp Fiction... I hope you're enjoying what I'm saying. All right. Uh, other stuff I saw uh, just quickly uh, out there. Uh, Miller Lite wants to put ice in beer. 
Uh, this is an abomination. People should not do this. Do not put ice in beer. Uh, but apparently this is a thing. It's a, it's a no-no for a lot of people, as is pointed out here, but MillerLite.com. You know what? I actually think this is this is almost as bad of a controversy as some of the other things we've talked about. I know I'm being silly and extreme about it, but I really don't like ice and beer. Um, Miller Lite has a solution. They're selling beer cube trays for $8. You pour beer into the silicon tray, toss it in the freezer, and you'll end up with a 24 set of mini beer cubes that dissolve and are just beer uh, frozen. But again, no, no ice, even beer ice uh, inside my beer. I, I won't do it. I can't do it. I'm not a fan at all. And by the way, like how how far do you have to go to put beer into little uh, ice cube trays and freeze it, but then not just buy cold beer in the first place instead of buying warm beer, letting your beer uh, get warm by not putting it in the fridge? Uh, these are lazy, lazy people who need these sort of things. And I'm done. I'm, I, maybe I'm calling for a boycott of Miller Lite that I would do totally alone. I'd probably be the only guy standing outside somewhere being like, ice and beer is wrong. But I feel strongly about it. All right. Uh, another thing, I saw this. I thought it was interesting. Uh, this is a, a rapid fire segment, if that's what we want to call it. Uh, beer sickles, ew, is what I just got from a 309. Thank you. Yes, uh, beer sickles sound terrible. I am not a fan at all. Neither of us are a fan of this. Uh, protest together, sir. Uh, you and I were the first two to protest. Uh, who knows how, who else is coming along with us? Um, probably no one is actually the answer to that. But it doesn't matter. At least we've got two now. Um, AI is trying to learn how to do stuff. Uh, that's something I've talked about a lot. It's something that's scary uh, in a lot of ways. Um, the latest way that AI is trying to learn how to do stuff is a very human way. Uh, scientists at Carnegie Mellon have decided to unleash AI on YouTube and try to have it learn everything that's available on YouTube, even probably learning stuff wrong. Uh, that people are doing wrong and telling you to do away that you should not do it. Um, but it's basically trying to create, according to the study, a real-life version of the robot made from the Jetsons, Rosie, uh, that learned how to do everything and anything off of YouTube and YouTube only. I am watching YouTube a lot because uh, I've been talking about uh, trying to fix my, my car, um, my Jeep, my 96 Jeep, uh, that's having a unique set of problems. It feel like we're in the last snowball. Uh, at times, I feel like very much uh, there's, there's an insurmountable amount of problems uh, occurring with the Jeep. But I can't, I can't break away, man. So I just keep watching the videos and thinking about fixing the Jeep and then um, looking at the Jeep. I'm in the look at it phase still and then chickening out and not doing as much as I should be doing and not bringing it to a mechanic. Uh, I drove it here today. It, it's still roadworthy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but at some point, I feel like a part of it's going to fall off, and that's just going to be it. It's just going to be the end. And by a part of it, I have no idea what part. A wheel could come off. The entire backside of it could just fall off. I could split in two at some moment. Something's going to go rogue. And uh, good luck to me. And when I'll, You know what? I, I talk about this a lot, and I probably scare people. I, I brought it to a mechanic somewhat recently, and they did say it was still roadworthy. So I'm not putting anyone's lives in jeopardy, I promise. I'm just not fixing a lot of things that are probably inevitably the death of, of my beloved 96 Jeep Cherokee. I'll miss it, man. I, I don't know what I'll do as far as like a, a goodbye uh, to the car, because I think I'll have to sell it for parts or or sell it as just a hunk of metal uh, whenever it's uh, pulled over to the side of the road and done. And, and I don't know, uh, maybe we'll have a very long goodbye uh, party for it here on the radio, and I'll, I'll take some part off and just keep it as a memento. I don't know why I like the Jeep so much. I can't I can't explain it, but uh, that's it's a, good, it's a good car. All right, last thing, salacious thing, uh, earmuffs thing, if you want to do it for the kids uh, before I throw it off to the to the news. I saw this story, and I, I was certainly amused by it. 
Uh, archaeologists found a brand new object uh, somewhere in northern Mongolia. Uh, they believe that it's the first object of this kind. It is a piece of jewelry uh, that seems to be a very uh, realistic, artistic rendering of human uh, genitalia, of, of male genitalia. Uh, it's 42,000 years old. Um, and the funniest thing about it is researchers tried to speculate on why someone would wear a necklace that looked like that. And they said that maybe the person was trying to send a message uh, to other people. Uh, maybe the person was trying to send a message about uh, unique attributes of, of their own person, uh, unique things they'd want to brag about. And they did it by creating a piece of jewelry uh, that's supposed to impress others. That's what some people said uh, as far as some of the, the ideas of the, the researchers. And I'm very amused at the idea that someone would do that and how that would work out or definitely not work out today. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited for this. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Best segment of the show. Star of the show. Most popular person on the show uh, by far. My wife, Betty, is back in studio. Yay. Hi. Hi, Betty. <laughs> I'm alive. You're alive. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You went on a one-week trip to Mexico. Yes. Uh, you were the sponsor for the confirmation of your niece. Yeah. Which was a really cool event on Saturday, right? It was. Super okay. hot day, too. Was it super hot? But yeah. You guys had, like... Food like steak and stuff. We had like uh, octopus, uh, fried octopus. Fried octopus. Yeah, that sounds and, terrible. Uh, you didn't tell me that part. We have all kind of like food. <laughs> I mean, that place was you sent, awesome. You sent me steak. You sent like yes, okay. it was part of the meal. Yeah, it, it was amazing. like mole and like mm -hmm. uh, steak and mm -hmm. octopus, fried octopus. Etc. When like you go back, churros, Greg. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! Did they have like <laughs> filling in them, or were they just the regular ones? Uh, they have like a caramel and like vanilla mm -hmm. filling, or and then something. The cherry one too. Yes. Okay. So yes. I like the cherry Carver one. cake. Yeah. Oh my god! No, I want to go back now. I know you love you love <laughs> the, the food from yes. your country, your home yes. country. Uh, so you always joke to me that you eat too much. Well, you go over there, yep. but you were only there a week. If yeah. I had been there, I would have eaten. You were sending me like photos of chilaquiles, yes. which is a. a a breakfast dish that's a amazing. Dish with uh, tortilla chips mm -hmm. and uh, uh, chicken and uh, yeah. salsa looks, and etc. Looks incredible. Uh, a couple of people just texted, ooh, churros. I just got two texts <laughs> in a row about how awesome churros <laughs> yes. are. Oh, my God, yes. That is fantastic. They are. They're amazing. They and churros, actually, they, sa they taste similar here to there, right? Because it's churro. It's just uh, yeah, deep fried. Yeah, it's deep fried yeah. dot. Yeah. yeah. It's not that complicated. It's not, but, I mean, the secret is on the dot. The, okay. the ingredients on it. Is it better in Mexico than here then? Uh, I don't want to say it, but yes. Because <laughs> some of the other dishes are harder to make. There's like unique items that are only really in Mexico, uh, yeah. like tomatillos, little tiny tomatoes. Yes, are important the green for the... tomatoes. Yeah. And, yeah, and for example, the mole, we have like seven different types of mole, like green mole and mm -hmm. Black mole and All red kinds mole, of mole and white mole. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I remember one time uh, you had made me like pre-packaged mole here in the United States. Yes. Like and a powder. You didn't like it. Was it was not good. No. But then we, when we went to Mexico and you told your mom the first mole you served me, she was like, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. That's yeah. not I'm fresh. I was disappointed. Yeah. She was disappointed. Well, because there's way better mole there. Yeah. You, you don't have all the ingredients. Okay. Um, so tell me about the trip. Tell me about um, anything you want to talk about. I know that I, I talk sometimes about the danger that exists in that town and the amount of uh, narcos that are there. Did you have yeah. any sort of uh, concerns or anything, any experiences um, like that? Or 
Uh, did you not really see anything during the week you were there? Well, uh, there was just a night that I can hear like around 12 p.m., like the trucks going crazy, like across the street where we live. Mm-hmm. So um, people say like they usually do their business at night and they kind of like tell people like uh, they want the watchers to tell others like everybody should be inside of the houses because they're going to do yeah. their stuff. Yeah. And I hear um, somebody banging crazy the door from our neighbors and our neighbor actually he sells drugs so i was petrified i was like wow. i was just waiting for the shootings and i was like okay just calm down but calm down, you know, it, didn't, it okay. didn't happen but That's it good. was like a rough night yeah you know that your neighbor next door to you yes. sells yes. narcotics and there's nothing you guys can do no. there's nothing the police in the town no, would they, do they are protected yeah yeah and you actually if you like tried to report them it would be dangerous Nobody for your say family anything yeah. yes yes yeah. That's, yes, it's, it's unique to think about the, the differences there and here yep. and, and how hard it is yep. for people to understand those. Um, how was the, the good parts of the trip? How was the uh, confirmation? Well, that was awesome. Uh, there were like a lot of girls and boys like from 11 to 12 uh, years old. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, I mean, to be honest, I... I was kind of like getting sleepy at uh, the mass because it was such a long <laughs> ma- mass. Yeah. But but it was it was nice. It was like in a very old church, like mm. uh, like very like uh, from when the the I don't know the, the people from Spain came to sure. Mexico and and it's most of the the town, right? Like most of the kids are Catholic and most of the kids yeah, get confirmed. Yeah, there's a huge population yeah. of Catholic people. Yeah. Yeah, because we talk sometimes about and we have data about how many young people don't have faith at all, not Catholic yeah. or yeah. like any faith, um, but in Mexico, still not a thing. Still, a lot of people yeah. uh, identify as Christian, Catholic, and are people of faith. Yeah, oh, and, and also it was pretty fun to watch my niece being so excited about her gift. I gave oh, her yeah. like a Bible, like animated, like a cartoon sure. Bible. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And she was so excited. She didn't want like she wanted to wait for the day to Aww. open her present. What about what about the jewelry you handmade for everybody? Oh, they were very excited to okay. like. Did everybody wear it? They, yes, they couldn't okay, believe good. that I made it because I'm no patient. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, well, about art, that, you are. Yeah, well, yeah. you're definitely uh, patient. Um, okay. Um, uh, anything else that we should know about your trip? The turbulence. If you want to talk about that, uh, this is the first time on your flight back home that you've experienced pretty significant turbulence yes. on yes, a plane. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. you you had bought chocolate and other gifts for some of the people that we work with <laughs> yes. uh, like our boss yes and you this is the most lovely thing you told me right <laughs> after you guys landed and you diverted you were supposed to land in dallas you guys landed in austin so anyone thinking that it wasn't a lot of turbulence it was uh, betty ate the chocolate that she oh bought for the god. people <laughs> oh my god i haven't eaten like a lot of chocolate probably in in a, a while. while yeah yes. and the kid and you just took over because yes. it got very I was stressful like, i need sugar i need something this uh-huh. is crazy uh-huh. i mean the turbulence was like for all these years, I'm being like traveling back and forth mm-hmm. from United States to Mexico to visit my family. This year has been one of like the crazy ones. Like, okay, God, I'm not ready. Sure. I mean, this is this is, yeah. and also I opened the window to the uh, to plane look out. and to look out. I was like, 
oh my god we are gonna die and uh the plane like suddenly goes down and moves and like Mm -hmm. there were like a 12 kids like in a group i don't know maybe they were traveling in mexico somewhere but they were like yelling and screaming and i was like okay yeah maybe we're gonna die (laughs) and you were actually sitting next to someone um from uh, somewhere close by to your your city in mexico yes talking to that woman and you were just sharing chocolate with her so you guys were just eating chocolate and trying to her gum with me and cookies and everything i would have yes Uh, by the way um uh, i don't know if this will help you now because your experience is over but i googled it and no plane has ever crashed because of turbulence oh really yeah turbulence doesn't take down planes for uh, i mean craig listen to me like if there is like a pilot out there listen to this radio show oh my god god bless them i don't know how they do their job yeah it's just so like, and uh, that we have like a radio host here in uh, this, this, the building mm-hmm. uh, from one of the country stations, mm-hmm. and he used to serve. He's a Navy, an Air Force. Yeah. I mean, Air Force, yes. And then uh, I I asked him the same questions. How, how do you do that? Like, how I, do you handle that kind of stuff? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I cannot just, like, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we got a text message from someone that said, Betty, you're definitely patient. You're married to Craig. <laughs> <laughs> no way you can't be patient and married to me. Yes. I like that. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I like that text a lot. Um, um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else about your trip? I, I have a story for you or we can get right to the Spanish word of the day if you want to do that. But it's, it's up to you. Um, well, what else? I know I put I you on say? the spot. Anything yes. else? Anything else? Well, well, I have something. Like, uh, I'm super weird about uh, Mother Earth. Um, hmm. I have an uncle uh, who is a farmer. Mm-hmm. He's uh, the brother of my dad, yeah. my dad's brother. And uh, he told me, I was like, I never have experienced this heat, uh, like the drought. this crazy, yeah. the drought. And the crops are just dying and super dry. And we mm-hmm. put water and the sun is just crazy. Sucking it up right away, yeah. And and I went to the farm for like a, a half of a day and I walk a little bit to the farm with the farmers and like uh, people who are like picking the crops. Mm. Oh, my God. God bless them. Like he's hot as yeah. hell. Yeah. yeah. So that just make me uh, feel bad for more, Mother Earth. No, I mean, it makes me be more aware and grateful for the food that I have at yes. home and, and, and try to don't spoil because, man, the way that they we got the food at, at our tables is like a long road yes. and they suffer a lot. So, yes, no, they yeah. do. And right now, the farmers here in Illinois are, yes, are suffering yes. a lot and trying to figure out ways to deal with the drought. Yep. And it just sounds like there's a weather pattern that's not going to relent any time for the, the near future, but hopefully I think there might be uh, rain in the forecast by Sunday. I need to dance to the gods and <laughs> do something like a, right. like a miracle happen because yeah. we need water. Mm-hmm. We just need water. If you do a rain dance, we'll do a video, put it up on social media. <laughs> yes. Betty's rain dance. Everybody get involved. Um, all right. Uh, one other thing for you, and this is just my little uh, story for you. A, a woman went viral on social media. She works at Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, you like Starbucks. Uh, you call it uh, cocaine at times because yeah. you say you're addicted yeah. to it. Um, but she said she's now drinking way too much because she works there. So she said to get through an eight-hour day, when she first arrives at work, she takes the strongest coffee they have, and she puts two shots of espresso in it in little shot glasses like a Jaeger bomb, like yeah. an alcohol drink, yeah. and chugs it. That's how she starts her day. Oh, my God. And people are telling her, that's not good. That seems very bad for you, for your for your body, Help. for your life. But she says it's the only way for her to get through an eight-hour shift now. She needs to drink a ton of water. Because she needs to give up uh, caffeine for a little bit. For a little bit, yeah. <laughs> for like, for just a little bit. Just like a little tiny bit, yeah. Because the, the double Jaeger shot uh, version, 
second of a, of a espresso shot inside of a cold brew strong coffee uh, seems like it's bad. And actually, she put the video up in social media with a Slipknot uh, song behind it, so a pretty hard uh, <laughs> music song behind it, which definitely makes it funny. She knows what she's doing is is um, not the thing you should be doing. Uh, but anyway, uh, people are telling her to, to figure out a way to calm down. Um, all right. Do you have a Spanish word of the day today for your yes, return? It is related to the storm. Okay, you are teaching us Spanish one word at a time, all of central Illinois. Yeah. And so you come on each day, you say the word, I say the word, you tell us what it means, we try to remember it. Uh, what's today's word? Well, you say it, um, I think earlier you tried to pronounce it, but I didn't tell you that I was about to say it. Did I get it right or wrong? Más o menos, more or less. Okay, what's the word? Tormenta. 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 What does that mean? Thunderstorm. It's a thunderstorm. A or tormenta. Storm. So you're you're asking for tormenta. Is this your request to get a tormenta? Tormenta. We need some kind of tormenta. Some kind of like <laughs> water. I mean, no hell. I mean, uh, not hell. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. But uh, a little bit, like a little, like I don't know, drizzle, something. We Por favor, something. un poquito tormenta. Is that right? <laughs> Please, yeah. a little storm. Yeah, is what I just a said. A little storm. Yeah. Did I say that right? Por favor, un poquito tormenta or no? No. Okay, how do you say it? Tell me the sentence. Un poquito de lluvia, which is rain. Lluvia, oh, okay. lluvia is rain. Yeah, I didn't come close. No, I got that very no. wrong. Okay. You're That's, getting close, Greg. I feel like when I say stuff in Spanish to your nieces and nephews who are little kids and they just look at me and laugh, they're like, this dummy, <laughs> this yes. guy. They miss you, by the way. Uh, Everybody was aw. asking. All the little ones actually. Yeah, like, I, just, I, just, I just play because yeah, I don't yeah. speak enough Spanish and they, they know and they think it's hilarious. So I just like jump on the trampoline with kids yeah. and they, they like me until they get old enough where they don't want to be on the trampoline anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then they look at me like all the adults do. Why is that adult man still jumping on the trampoline? <laughs> yes. Because uh, that's how I behave. Uh, what else? You, you look down at your paper. Is there something else you wanted to say? No. I just okay. like, because uh, I couldn't remember the word for dry, to, mm-hmm. like uh, the drought. Drought? Uh, in English. And I was looking on. What's the word in Spanish for drought? Sequia. Sequia. We got two today. We got yeah. two words, tormenta and sequia. Sequia, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I was just concerned because I was reading the news here in Illinois, and I sure. understand farmers. I mean, yeah. my dad is a farmer. He goes crazy, and yeah. I don't blame him. Uh, but, I mean, uh, we. I'm just going to keep praying, lighting my candles, probably a little bit of dance to the gods <laughs> at night. Who knows? But something... <laughs> I love this idea. Yeah. We, we have a bunch of um, uh, candles. They have, like, uh, the Virgin Mary on them and, and other religious All figures. And whenever you want something and you, guys, you pray angels, for something, whatever, yeah, yeah. you also light some candles. So yeah. we're going to have candles in our house probably yeah. tonight. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Betty. Uh, lovely to have you back on the show. Uh, you're you, helping Greg. lift the ratings every happy time you jump on. Alive. Happy to be alive. <laughs> uh, happy that you ate all the chocolate for our boss oh, and everybody yeah, else. Yeah, I don't Sorry. care about my weight. <laughs> Gain weight. No, don't, no, no, please. You, you didn't gain weight. Um, and I would have eaten all that chocolate if I was on that plane, too. That yeah. makes sense. And yep. I'm, I'm sure you made the other woman's day when you just started handing her a chocolate. Yes, the two yeah. girls next to me, to my left side, mm-hmm. I was like, do you do you girls want something? And they're just like, yep, yep. And I'm, it's funny because I'm usually pretty, like, shy on, 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 yeah. on the flights. But mm-hmm. this, I was, like, just, like, friendly yeah, with yeah. everybody. It's like, I don't care. It's like, if I'm going to die, if right. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I have a good time. Yeah, you know? guys were in it together. All right, quick break. A lot more. Thank you, Betty. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. Uh, Real quick, the VFW in Peoria Heights is awesome. 
Uh, I go there a lot. Uh, I go there more when Betty's in town. I didn't go as much uh, over the uh, week or so uh, that Betty was now, even though she told me to, and actually the bartenders even offered to check in on me to make sure everything was going okay. I didn't go to the bar without the missus, but I'll probably be there tonight or sometime soon, but it's um, a place you should go. Uh, 309-682-9875 is the phone number. 309-682-9875 for the Peoria Heights uh, VFW, uh, just about a block east off of Prospect on Lake. Um, they have karaoke nights. They have uh, Taco Tuesdays. They have food on Friday and Saturday. It's a good time. Uh, they got uh, gambling in the back, and, and you can buy lottery tickets. Uh, one person is one ridiculous amount of money, so it might be a very lucky place. Uh, but I encourage you to go for a bunch of reasons, and because any money you spend there um, um, is being put to good use. Uh, they're a self-sustaining bar, and the people behind the VFW in Peoria Heights do a ridiculous amount of philanthropic work, uh, more than you'd expect. Um, and Eric, the quartermaster, is on all the time. Uh, we're even going to have Flutes for Vets tomorrow, uh, a cool program uh, that you'll learn more about in about 24 hours, a little bit after 5 uh, tomorrow uh, with uh, the people behind it. All right, a couple quick things. Uh, workers um, wowed on a video on social media. Uh, about something that I didn't I didn't know was a thing, uh, but apparently people like it a lot. They're called Cookie Monster Ice Cream Bars, and they're available at Costco. I'm not sure if they're even available at Costco here or just on the West Coast, but that's uh, where the video uh, popped up. Uh, they're Oreo cookies, chocolate chip cookies, fudge swirls. Uh, they kind of look like Cookie Monster. They're blue, uh, but someone put up the whole process of making them, and this has got a ridiculous amount of views on social media, uh, just people creating ice cream uh, because, darn it, it is it is delicious, apparently. Two thumbs up, already excited, can't wait to try it. Uh, they're $15 for 10 bars. Uh, people are talking about them, and this it makes me sad. Uh, this isn't as bad as, say, a silly cat video that gets millions of views and makes people money. Uh, but it makes me sad sometimes, the stuff that goes easily viral and the hard work I put into this radio show every day and the unlikeliness of me getting the millions and millions of views of the Cookie Monster bars at Costco. Uh, other stuff, uh, I like this story. There might be yet another potential cure for baldness. Every time I used to talk about this story when I would work with uh, Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins, uh, Scott Robbins would jump in and say, please, God, be true. Please, God, be true, or something to that effect. Uh, the latest idea is that the moles uh, that are on your head, the dormant hair follicle areas, might be activated uh, by some sort of stem cell-related treatment that would cause, and this is a quote from the people at the uh, university that are studying this, robust regrowth of long, thick hairs from the otherwise dormant hair follicles uh, on your head. Uh, this is a, a not well-studied um, solution to the problem yet uh, that will likely go into more trial in the University of California. Uh, like I said, I've seen stories like this over the years. Uh, baldness is still not cured, uh, but could it be cured? Maybe. Maybe the people at the University of California are on to something. I don't know. A molecule-related treatment of your hair follicles that causes robust growth. Uh, I look at Will Stevenson, and I wonder if he has anything to say. All right. <laughs> robust. Finally, I can get that spectacular head of hair I had when I was in high school. If there was a treatment, and you call yourself follically challenged, correct? That's, no, the, that's the a fair use? statement, okay. yeah. If there yeah. were a treatment, would you go, like, full um, ridiculous head of hair? Would you Would you go full Fabio? <laughs> That would be certainly be a dream. Wouldn't it, w it? it would be a look for a Will Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, if you, I don't know that I want that look, but <laughs> that would be if like a few years from now, if we, um, you know, are not still working together and we cross paths, and you have 
with a, a flowing head of hair. How were you going to know you passed me if that was the case? I, actually, you're right. I would not recognize you. Yeah, if you had the hair of Caleb Kelch from our morning show, that would be incredible. I have the head of Fabio, but the body of... Uh, don't you don't know. have to finish it. You don't yeah. have to finish it. We can just leave of it there. not Fabio. All right, thanks, buddy. Um, Will's got your news. Top five at five for me after... I don't oh. get headphone hair, though. That's no, the... Uh, that's nice. That's the benefit that's of being good. bald. Yes, uh, Will will do his top stories. <laughs> I'll do top stories after those. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. Time for the top five at five. Uh, these are the five biggest news stories of the day, according to me, in no particular order. I can't do a real one through five uh, because, well, I can't decide sometimes what's the most important. Um, but here we go. Here, the first story, the biggest story, a uh, story you've heard updates on throughout the show uh, for me and our news department uh, is the, the latest in the um, Titan, the submersible uh, that was supposed to explore the wreckage of the Titanic uh, that went missing as of Sunday, just a few hours uh, after it first left for that trip. And then there was talk over the last couple of days about how much air, how much oxygen uh, was available when it was likely to run out. Um, the sad ending to the story, uh, even though there's there's a unique aspect to it and the way people are talking about it is that all five people on board the Titan uh, have died. Um, and the likely way in which this happened was actually that there was a catastrophic implosion uh, because they found debris and they're still looking for more debris and other other signs of the the craft uh, within, again, just a, a few hours likely of it of it leaving and then uh, losing contact, uh, which and that's the I'm not even sure if silver lining is the right word, but the the uniquely different understanding of of this story is the people on board who, who passed away likely did it instantly as opposed to uh, doing it where they were slowly running out of oxygen and people had talked about how horrific that would be. Uh, this is a unique silver lining, again, or whatever you want to call it, for the families who lost loved ones. Um, and it actually has raised a lot of questions about OpenGate, the company that provides these tours, the craft itself, the submersible that's actually the smallest one or was the smallest one in the world uh, that could go as deep as it could go in the ocean, and it just would hold five people in it. Uh, there's certainly a lot of questions as to the technology of it, uh, the, the safety of it, and there are people who had taken the trip before that said that it was a suicide mission and that they had expected uh, some story at some point to be like this. So it's a very sad, sure, there will probably be uh, many conversations and, and maybe uh, some amount of, of legal action taken against the company. Uh, but the Coast Guard did inform people today uh, that they had told the families right away and that they had located debris, uh, which means that it likely just it, it essentially just uh, folded like I think I heard um, David Van Camp describe it this way, like when you crush a a soda can, um, which is horrible, but again, uh, different than what people thought had happened as we thought that the craft was intact and had run out of oxygen at some point today. Um, other stories out there in the top five at five. I thought this was interesting, and it's local-ish. It's not here, but it's up near Chicago. Uh, a couple suburbs have decided to start implementing watering restrictions amid the drought going on right now throughout some of the Midwest, including, of course, Illinois. Uh, New Lenox, one of those places that now has a Tier 1 watering restriction in effect that says you can only water your property uh, at certain times in certain ways. Uh, watering is only permitted between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m., uh, no watering will be allowed at night until further notice, according to officials there. Uh, the reason why they're saying to do this is that 
the moisture from the water is likely to stay on your or stay beneficial to your lawn uh, longer if it's done in the morning. I'm sure people have uh, unique reactions to the government restricting something like when you can water your your um, lawn. Uh, I will be honest, though, like I haven't watered my lawn at all, especially after I talked to Mark Strauss, a guy who's got a perfect lawn. He's got a great lawn and he tries very hard with it. It's sort of like the extension of his his hair, uh, which anyone who saw him on TV knows uh, Mark Strauss is a good head of hair. Uh, it seems like the the hair for his house, the lawn, is also great. Uh, but he said he wasn't watering it either. Um, and so I was like, all right, fine. I'll just let it uh, slowly turn uh, not awesome colors. And maybe that's somehow helping farmers. I don't know. I don't know what it's doing. Uh, but there's actually restrictions now in parts of Illinois, although not uh, that close to here. Uh, other top five at five. I was just amused by this. So I just wanted to, to talk about this quickly. Uh, there is a take out there in the world um, and I, I guess the first thing you should know is that over the weekend, a couple movies opened. Neither movie did very well. Uh, the Flash opened. That is a superhero movie uh, with a, a star that got in a lot of trouble for certain things. Um, that is now, I guess, um, uh, trying to do the, the version of please everybody forgive me for the stuff I got in trouble for or, or just being quiet. Uh, and also just not really a good movie. Uh, I've, I've actually seen The Flash. I went to go see it. And the movie theater was not that crowded, and it wasn't that fun. So, so there's, there's, it was okay. It, there were parts of it. The beginning was much better than the rest of it. And I'm a, I'm a superhero nerd, although I like Marvel more than DC. And then also a Disney movie uh, that is being accused of being woke uh, called Elemental. Uh, here's what I find funny about it, though. Apparently, the Disney movie, according to some, was harmed by Ron DeSantis. The reason it had a bad showing at the box office is because of Florida governor and now presidential candidate uh, Ron DeSantis's ever-growing feud with Disney. Uh, people are actually blaming him uh, for Pixar. Uh, that's the studio that put out the movie and the fall of Pixar. Uh, because the other big take over the weekend when the box office numbers came out and a brand-new Pixar movie wasn't number one and didn't really do very well at all. It cost $200 million to make. It only made $30 million over its opening weekend, so it's likely to lose money. Is the, the fall of, of Pixar. And I'll agree with that. Not I won't blame DeSantis. That seems ridiculous. Um, and actually, I saw a take that said that because two different Pixar movies were released straight to video to prop up Disney+, Plus, maybe that's what devalued the brand. But there was a time, I'm millennial, uh, there was a time when people talked about Pixar like it was as as good of a uh, a movie creating uh, organization as any organization uh, out there. And some of the classic movies they made were on the tippy top of lists as far as best animated movies. Uh, some of them were nominated for Oscars. I remember showing my wife the movie Up and her crying pretty hard in the first few minutes of that movie. And she doesn't even like cartoons. She's like, I don't like cartoon movies. She watched that one crushed by it. Um, so Pixar definitely has faltered over the past few years, again, not because of DeSantis, but in general, uh, just the latest version of it showed via Elemental. And, and if it's actually a reaction to uh, the woke aspects of the movie, I think there's a non-binary character or something uh, in the movie uh, that might just, again, be more and more people saying that they would like to get their entertainment in ways that doesn't also impact um, all the conversations we have in politics or in society or anywhere. And this this message is being delivered a lot uh, to companies, uh, whether or not companies follow it. Eh, still, we'll we'll see. Uh, Bud Light is begging to get pulled out of their uh, very long going and very harmful to their company uh, version of a boycott. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't even know if that was really it. Uh, what I what I read was really the reason why is it's just not a good movie. It's not the Pixar of old, and the Pixar of old has been devalued again by uh, putting movies out direct to video. That's not a good way to say that the things we're making are as good as the things we made in the past. Uh, even if it did help people subscribe to Disney Plus. All right, quickly a couple more because it's top five at five. I've done bad. I usually do bad at getting to five. I thought this was interesting. It is a list of six impending Supreme Court rulings that could have an impact on your life. The first one, of course, especially for anyone that has student loan debt, is the student loan forgiveness plan uh, by Biden and whether or not that will be uh, overturned or not. One of the bigger takes out there over the last week or so is a very different uh, ruling in a different case where the Supreme Court and even uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, uh, who is thought to be a very far to the right um, uh, Supreme Court justice uh, for some people, uh, actually ruled that a, a different court case, again, not the same thing, uh, didn't have standing uh, to bring a case up to the Supreme Court, meaning no one was harmed. And the belief is that if Biden's forgiveness plan is kept by the Supreme Court, it'll be under that very unique uh, sort of, of caveat that the um, the two different cases against it couldn't prove that there was legitimate harm, so they have no standing to bring a case. Otherwise, mo- almost every expert believes that Biden definitely overstepped the rules and, and laws he was trying to use to forgive massive amounts of student loans. So if, if either of those two cases for the Supreme Court is accepted as rightfully capable of saying they were harmed by student loan debt forgiveness, then student loan debt forgiveness is likely to not uh, be something that is allowed by the Supreme Court. And I think most people believe that's the ruling that will happen, but somewhat unique. Uh, Other things out there as far as um, um, valuable uh, rulings in the world of our our, um, uh, Supreme Court, one other quick one, the U.S. versus Texas, the Biden administration is seeking to revive a policy blocked by a lower court involving immigration enforcement priorities. Uh, Texas led the challenge to guidelines issued by Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, that sought to prioritize certain categories of individuals for enforcement based on threats to public safety. According to Texas and others backing the challenge, the policy runs afoul of federal laws declaring the government shall detain certain individuals who are in the country illegally, including those convicted of certain felonies and those with final removal orders. It's an interesting case in talking about some of the ways in which the uniquely bad problem at the border uh, could be changed, could get better, and some of the things that uh, the um, the Biden department, the uh, Biden administration is is resisting. So those are just two of them, but there's other ones uh, out there I'll talk about later because I'm totally running out of time. I do have two more uh, for top five at five. Uh, the House voted to censure um, Adam Schiff yesterday for some of the things he said about Trump and Russia. Uh, I know this is yesterday, but it happened just after my show, and I just want to play it. Uh, House Democrats, after the vote was announced, uh, pulled a, a move out of Game of Thrones, literally, and just chanted shame on the House floor as the, the, um, the censure was passed. On this vote, the A's are 213 and the nays are 209. With six answering <laughs> present, the resolution adopted. Without objection, the motion to consider is relayed on the table. House will be in order. It's ridiculous. There's there's no um, version of this that makes any sense. It's performative. It's annoying. It's stupid. It's a bunch of things. It happened, and I can't get over the fact that it happened uh, because my favorite thing, and I, I talk about sometimes the the very slippery slope position or the, you know, 
um, footing made of just the thinnest of glass, a version of conversation where someone on one side of the political aisle, typically the left, uh, says that their politicians are rational, uh, normal people who aren't crazy and do crazy stuff, and that conservatives are crazy, insane people uh, who seem like they've taken 15 Red Bulls before they walk into any level of our government. And then you got a whole bunch of Democrats just chanting shame uh, in the in the House. It's it's hilarious. It's, again, performative. It had no value to any of those conversations. And it's just a demonstration of how crazy uh, politicians are on both sides of the aisle. And when you when you throw that stone, you better be pretty sure uh, that your house can't be toppled as well. Uh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious to me. I can't. I got so much more of it. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We did. We did the shame thing. Yes. We, we <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, one last one. A top five at five. I'm actually going to do five and then I'll take a break. Uh, the politics of abortion. Easy thing to talk about in 60 seconds or less has been looked at by pretty much every um, news organization, liberal legacy media um, news organization, and they've pulled certain stats about a year after the overturning of Roe versus Wade uh, via the Dobbs decision and what it means. And what's actually really interesting to me, not the fact that Democrats strongly disagree, Republicans strongly agree, uh, especially with some things that the politicians are doing right now. Uh, one uh, data set said that 53 percent of Democrats don't believe that their politicians, Democrats in, in political office, are doing enough to protect the rights of abortion. And 55 percent of Republicans believe that their politicians are doing the right thing in their approach to restricting abortion. So that not surprising, not interesting. What I found most interesting, and it's at the tail end of just a couple of these these deep dives into data is the lack of any city, or excuse me, any state in our country uh, going after someone who would cross a state line to get an abortion. One of the biggest fear-mongering conversations had by the left as far as people will not be capable of getting something uh, that would be legal in one state and illegal in a different state is that the states that would restrict abortion would also try to um, penalize people and, and, you know, even Texas, I think, had a couple uh, laws they passed about this who would travel out of state to a different state to get a, a treatment that is legal, say, in Illinois, but illegal in Indiana. Uh, not a single moment of that has occurred where a state has tried to hold someone accountable. And this is not me saying it. This is legacy, legacy media saying it. So I just thought that was interesting. I'm not going to dive deeper into all the other stuff uh, in that conversation, but one of the the bigger it'll be illegal throughout the whole country. You'll see how the Republican led states will will do so much harm that they'll even uh, break longstanding rules and try to you know punish people who who um, find a different state to travel to and do something uh, that there and actually there's a lot of Democratic states that pass laws to try to prevent um, Republican states from doing anything. Not a single case has been attempted. Uh, by anyone. And I'm not saying that's a good thing for anyone who hears it that way. I'm just saying it's a unique, true thing uh, that if you listen to certain politicians like ones in Illinois who ran on protecting uh, anyone and everyone that wanted to have an abortion, something that Illinois was 100 percent likely to do, no matter who won our governor's race, no matter who won uh, any of that, uh, they ran on that. They ran on protections for that. Uh, a lot of those protections where it was involving people from other states Completely useless and political talking points. All right, quick break, a lot more. Uh, 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. 
1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I'll do good story, bad story after the news. So in about uh, seven minutes or so, uh, this story almost made a uh, good story or bad story. I guess depending on who you are, you'd have to pick which one. But I found it pretty uh, fascinating. Uh, a woman in the UK uh, said she's quitting her day job. She's out. She's done uh, the day job. I think she was actually a lawyer, so pretty high-paying job. Uh, but she has found something way better. She says she only has to work 10 hours a week to make the same amount of money she was making in a a 40-hour-a-week job. Uh, What does she do, you're asking? She cleans homes. Uh, Just one unique caveat. She does it in her underwear, uh, not naked. She goes, I love being naked, but that's not what I'm doing here. Uh, Her name is Rhiannon. She's 32 years old. Uh, She is, in fact, attractive, if that's something you were wondering about. And apparently this is a a, um, uniquely thriving business in big cities, um, people who show up and clean your home and do it in in as little as um, you know they can possibly wear without it necessarily being uh, all the way. Uh, there's some left the imagination, uh, but she says she makes over eighty three dollars an hour uh, cleaning homes this way, uh, and that she's encouraging others to, to do this too. I don't have a lot of reactions to that, uh, other than the fact that it's it's just a weird thing to say out loud that someone who was uh, a lawyer. I uh, found a better job uh, just uh, cleaning homes. <laughs> All right. On that odd note, Will's got the news. AM, it's 1470, FM 100.3. But listen on your smart speaker. Uh, tell your smart speaker to play WMBD radio. It's just like turning a radio on uh, in your house. It's maybe even easier. And it's nice, sweet Internet audio, so it's nice and clean for you. Um, And you'll hear Will Stevenson talk about all kinds of stuff, uh, make jokes with me about um, Fabio hair. Uh, That's one of the things uh, Will talks about. Imagine the uh, rug burns, by the way, on that uh, maid. If you're uh, vacuuming the carpet, that could be a big problem. You're right. There's some unique challenges. Yeah, it seems like OSHA violations could be happening. $83 an hour, though. She's probably not. She probably doesn't care. I'm in the wrong line of work. (laughs) Will's got the news. As I said, nobody has to see me vacuum. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. Good story, bad story time. First, let's do the good story. Uh, this is a story that demonstrates that the world we have is is doing great. That everything's fine. Uh, that we're worth saving. I guess if someone came along and decided uh, whether or not it's it's a uh, good place to be. Uh, here we go. Uh, the good story, as I said, uh, one that I like a lot. Um, uh, well, actually, no, this is totally disappeared. That's totally the wrong story. Hold on. Give me a second. Uh, let's do let's do the bad story first. And let's get back to the good news, um, which is about uh, long lost. Dad. OK, no, I found it. OK, we're, we're good. <laughs> Take two on the segment uh, for Father's Day this past weekend. A woman in Wisconsin shared her story after a DNA test helped her track down her biological father. Uh, she lives in Nebraska. She was thrilled. Uh, to meet him. He was thrilled to meet her. Uh, she also found out that she has six other siblings. I have audio of this. I, I want to do a, a 23andMe, uh, not because I'm going to uh, find a, a family member I, I don't know about necessarily. I don't think that's what's going to happen. And actually, they go on sale on Black Friday if you buy them on, on different places, uh, buy them online. I say shop local, and yet uh, here I am advocating for something else. I'm just curious uh, what's what's in there for me. And I don't know how many of my family members have done this. I, I haven't heard from many that have. But anyway, she found her dad, and so here's the uh, reaction from Melissa and Pop in meeting for the first time. Dad's name is Ron. By the way, do you have an uncle by the name of this? Oh, yes, I do. So I got the pictures, and I got stalking him on Facebook and, and other family members. And I found my father. Took one look at him, and I knew. Hello. 
You know, you hear about these stories, and you just don't really think it's going to happen to you. That little void I never thought I had was being filled. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, why they uh, didn't know about each other is not something I think that was answered in part of the uh, story that I have in front of me. So uh, why uh, the father didn't know that it was his kid, uh, that's a question for another day, I guess. Uh, now it's time for a bad story. Uh, this does the exact opposite as far as a feeling about the value in our society. This is the Thanos had it right uh, version of things. Um, a 46-year-old man from Florida, so I guess I could also call this a Florida band story, uh, was caught shoplifting. Um, this was at Target. This was on a Monday. He wasn't shoplifting just anything, though. He was shoplifting some uh, adult things, including um, a, a pink-colored adult uh, thing. Uh, a, a toy for women. It fell out of his pants as he was being arrested. Uh, that's got to be a unique moment for David Romero. That's the name of the guy. Uh, he had bought several items like groceries, but he did not pay for other items that he put into his pants uh, beyond the thing I just talked about. He also had condoms, personal lubricant, and several other enhancement products. I heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins talk about this as their, their Nimrod in the news. Uh, this guy is definitely a Nimrod in the news. He's being held in a bond of $3,000 and faces a lot of charges. I, I had one uh, curiosity, and it's not going to be answered uh, via this story. I wonder if the reason he was stealing some stuff and paying for other stuff was any potential embarrassment in the stuff he was buying uh, that was adult in nature. I wonder if this was a version of uh, not just I want to steal uh, certain things, but I don't want to uh, go through the process of, of buying these things out in public. Um, and then you probably just order those online and have them shipped to your house. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, that's also got to be a story the cops don't forget anytime soon when you're arresting a guy in a parking lot. And something you do not expect uh, falls out in a place uh, you, you don't want to think any more about that. So I'll move on. Uh, but that is certainly a bad story. Uh, this also, I guess, could somewhat be considered a bad story. I just found it funny. Um, there is a new hashtag uh, for and I've talked about before, like short king summer uh, was a thing where Pete guys who were shorter were supposed to be uh, having their their year where women liked them more or something. Uh, something I don't know. I, I doubt that people actually really care about this. They're probably just social media trends and no one actually does stuff um, to change their own personal preferences or habits. But they, they amuse me that young people tweet and talk about uh, stuff that they claim is, is real. Um, and so there's a new one and it's more on the East Coast, I guess, right now than the entire country. But, man, I can't help it. It's Tomato Girl Summer, uh, apparently, according to a hashtag that, as I said, has gone viral uh, for women. 2.2 million views, uh, women in their 20s. This is when you dress like a tomato, uh, when you wear a lot of bright red tomato clothing. <laughs> oh, man. And you go out and you call yourself a tomato girl. And I get confused about a lot of the things that happen in our society and the way people talk. Uh, one person said that outfit was giving me chicken parm vibes. In response, <laughs> in response to some of the things uh, that people are celebrating right now, so uh, a hashtag, uh, the de this feels like definitely a bad story uh, that's making us dumber by the day, is Gen Z's latest fashion trend obsession. That's how the New York Post talks about it, not me, not a millennial trying to pretend we're not part of the problem, too. Tomato Girl Summer. If you see a bunch of people all uh, dressed like tomatoes, uh, know that they're doing it on purpose and they're doing it for for social media reasons. Uh, one other story uh, that I saw that I thought was uh, interesting. 
um, and not necessarily as completely dumb and goofy as that last one. Uh, but a, a woman went viral also online uh, because she complained that a teacher at a school refused to give her child the food that this mom packed in the lunch bag uh, to take to school because the teacher decided that the items were unhealthy. Uh, the item specifically uh, that was not being given to the kids was individually wrapped little slices of cake, uh, like the little treat you get at the end of your your packed lunch. And so a teacher was like, no, I'm deciding you can't feed this thing to this kid, uh, even though mom's the one who sent it to school. Uh, this this is crazy to me. I know we talk about a lot of things with teachers and kids and school and and parents and all the uh, big, giant, you know, more important conversations. But this is far from the first story like this uh, where a parent complained. Actually, I even heard someone um, here in town that told me a story about a teacher that got mad at something that they sent their kid to school with uh, and judged the parent for it. And I just I just can't like it's so hard for me. Here's what I'll say, because I, I don't have kids. And so I'm not sending a kid to school. I'm not dealing with teachers, um, younger teachers. Maybe I don't know who's doing this kind of stuff. Um, but when I was a kid, when I was growing up, I, I can't remember the teacher even paying attention to the stuff I'm eating or thinking that that was a relevant um, conversation for me to have with them or a teaching moment for them to instruct me and my parents on what is and isn't okay. And when you got a bunch of individually wrapped cakes in your in your lunch bag, it was awesome. I, mean, I know it's, it's probably not great, but it, it was awesome. It was it was cool, especially if it was, say, my birthday or something else, and you'd get the extra snack uh, along the way. But it's just it's just amusing to me. It's just sort of shocking to me that these are things that people feel it's different than, say, if you were sitting at your desk watching kids eat and you see a kid eating a really unhealthy meal and being like, man, that, that meal's not healthy. I'm not sure I'd feed that to my kid. And taking items away and telling the kid that they can't have them because their mom made the wrong decision. And then mom going viral and complaining online about it. It's just a weird version of, and maybe I can blame politics, especially some things that our president has said recently about how nobody is, is your kid. Uh, they're all of our kids. But but a, a different version of involving yourself in stuff that shouldn't involve other people. I'm not trying to judge all teachers. I'm not saying all teachers do this. I just think this is a uniquely weird version of a sort of exaggerated conversation we're already having uh, and how anybody can feel that it's appropriate, that it's their place to say no to something uh, that parents are deciding to give to their – even if you think it's a terrible idea. I, I see – uh, kids behave in, in, you know, grocery stores and stuff in ways that if it was my kid, I wouldn't let them behave. And I don't go over and try to scold them myself because it's not my gig. It's not my role. I don't know when we forgot that and when these things become somewhat silly, somewhat serious viral stories. Uh, but like I said, not at all the first one I've seen. So there's that. And anybody that wants to react to it can text me 309 340 4464, uh, 309-340-4464. Even if like someone was packed a tremendously unhealthy lunch, I don't think there's ever a situation where people would be like, yeah, no, I'd step in and I'd correct those parents that aren't me. I would. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins show. Uh, just a few minutes left of this show. Dave Ramsey comes up next. Will does news in about eight minutes or so. Uh, I thought this was interesting. There is a viral photo of a bill from Buffalo Wild Wings uh, that says that some locations of uh, BW3s, uh, which is what I called it growing up, um, are now charging a $1 takeout fee 
which is a fee that, quote, helps the um, business operate their takeout business or their takeout portion of their business, I should say. And so they they charge you a dollar to show up at the store and pick up your stuff yourself. Um, that, that seems like a bad move. And a lot of people are very upset about it. Uh, here's my favorite uh, headline in it. Uh, people are legitimately offended uh, by the takeout fee. It now has caused a class action lawsuit as well. I think the Today Show or Today.com uh, discussed this, uh, among other places. Uh, but, yeah, this, this is ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, if you want to charge more, I guess you can put the price into the products themselves, uh, which is probably what Buffalo Wild Wings will wind up doing. It'll hide the dollar instead of just putting the dollar out there for you to stare at, for me to stare at. But I don't know why I would have to give a dollar in a takeout fee for showing up and picking up the food myself. Uh, that seems that seems wrong. And I, I agree with people who are upset by it. I think it's in Maryland where they're actually doing the lawsuit. I, I don't know if places around here are charging that fee either. But it feels like a ridiculous um, um, already enhancement or change or or continuation, I think is the word I was looking for, of the asking you to tip everywhere for everything kind of thing. I like when you pick up food at the takeout and you run the card and it goes, do you want to tip us? You're like, no, I don't I don't think we did anything tippable in this situation since I'm here and just taking the food directly from you. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's uh, certainly, as I said, interesting and uh, something that has wound up being more of a controversy uh, than BW3 is probably expected. And they'll probably keep charging the dollar. They just won't let you know anymore. They'll just put it into everything, including the things you're most likely to buy. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, it is it is what it is. And it's something that's going to be settled in court. Uh, the other thing, and I, I only mentioned this briefly uh, earlier on, but I, I love it. I, I love this. I don't know why I love it so much, but I do. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are likely to fight each other. They're likely to fight each other in a cage, I, I think, is at least what um, Musk said. It started as a joke. Somebody tweeted something, um, and Elon Musk, who tweets a lot and owns Twitter, uh, said that he'd be up for a cage match with uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook. And Zuckerberg then responded yes uh, himself because, well, uh, Zuckerberg's been training in Muay Thai. And there was a, a video of some people making fun of him. But Zucker actually Zuckerberg winning some of his fights. Um, I don't know what to think of this. Like, like, do I actually care who wins and who loses? Uh, no. Do I enjoy the idea that these two guys would fight each other? Yes, yes, quite a lot. And I would be cheering for Musk uh, and not for Zuckerberg. Uh, but really, I'm just cheering for all of us in society. And I hope this is the beginning of a real-life version of Celebrity Deathmatch, the old MTV show with the claymation figures, because I can pick a lot of other fights. Uh, I can pick the undercard that goes on before the main event, Elon versus Zuckerberg. A lot of politicians, I feel like, should be fighting each other. A lot of other celebrities uh, that would be fun to see face off. Uh, but these two guys, a uniquely hilarious idea, and the fact that they're both saying yes to it. Uh, and actually, I saw a few takes out there. The only reason Zuckerberg is saying yes is he thinks it's sort of a guaranteed win against Elon Musk, who did tweet out uh, that his fighting move is called the walrus, where he tries to lay on top of you and stop you from moving. I don't, I don't know why. Because like a part of me, I'll say this last thing about this. If I, Because if it's a pay-per-view, I'm probably not going to pay for it. I'll find a bar somewhere else that's putting it on and go there. Uh, but but if if it's a thing that I, I watch while I'm watching it, I'll be like, I shouldn't be watching this. This is dumb. Uh, this is important. Uh, this is an example of some of the things. Bro it could be a, a bad story in my good story, bad story. And yet I can't help myself, man. 
Uh, this is the kind of car crash you can't look away from, and it would just be interesting to see uh, two of the richest and now uh, both uh, social media owner people in the world uh, fighting each other. I feel like you got to give them weapons, though, like not deadly weapons, but weapons of some kind, uh, especially Elon. He should get something, even if it's like a Nerf bat, just like some sort of thing to get a little bit more like up the stakes a tad, um, you know, so it's not just two guys in a ring and um, one guy, uh, Zuckerberg, trying to um, do some sort of Muay Thai move that'll be just very boring, like a grappling hold. I want I want more, man. I want it to be like full on boxing or or some version of something that actually sees a blows thrown, uh, because, again, it's better movie, better TV, uh, better entertainment uh, that way. All right. Some other stuff out there. I thought this was interesting. Uh, there was a study finds article. Uh, Study Finds is a website I like. They just put research up um, that talked about the best teen summer jobs uh, right now in our society. And what's interesting about this is I don't know if as many teens uh, today uh, do these type of jobs. I know I see kids all the time working at fast food places and whatnot in town. And I worked at a grocery store and at a sub shop, uh, Jersey Mike's, as a kid uh, by the time I got to be uh, an early, like a young teenager. So definitely smart move to work over the summer. I also worked at a veterinarian hospital. I did all their yard work outside. Uh, that was a fun gig. Uh, but these gigs are not maybe the more traditional things. And I just I just don't think uh, a lot of kids are doing these, and they should be. First one on the list, this might be the only one that I think teens are actually doing, is camp counselor. Um, I, I don't bring anybody to camp, uh, as I said, uh, but I'm sure that probably a lot of younger people are doing that job. A babysitter, and not just babysitting for family members, but strangers. Uh, run your own business that way is a thing that young people used to do more of than they do now. Uh, being a tutor, that might be one that still uh, some gravitate toward, uh, but helping you know young kids out uh, with certain kinds of things. And then dog walker is number four on this list. I can't say in my neighborhood I see a lot of young kids uh, knocking on doors, asking to walk dogs. And then finally, and this is the last one, uh, this is the one that made me most dislike this list, uh, not because I, I don't think teens should do this, but because I just don't think it's a thing a lot of teens do, uh, mowing lawns, uh, doing the old like door-to-door, I'll do it for like 15, 20 bucks, uh, whatever, I don't know, 30 bucks, whatever be fair now, uh, which is definitely uh, cheaper than a lawn service. And it's just a kid and, and their lawnmower uh, just going door-to-door and trying to make um, uh, money to to spend that summer. I would love this. I would love this feels weird to say I'd love to hire somebody in my in my neighborhood that would mow my lawn for me and wouldn't uh, be terribly expensive to do it. Be a good life lesson for them and a, and a good not having to do that job uh, for me, although the grass isn't growing a lot right now with the drought. But that's, I just don't see that anywhere. Uh, anybody. Three oh nine three four zero four four six four, especially if you have a teenage uh, aged kid. Uh, are they doing any of these jobs? Are they picking up the odd job? A version of making money. I don't think that's real. I think it's just get a, a traditional, um, you know, job in certain fields, entry level jobs, or, or do not these things. But they should be doing these things. Uh, these are good things. All right, uh, I gotta go. I'm out of here for the day. Um, I love the fact that Betty said she might be rain dancing, or at least lighting some candles tonight. And I got a few uh, messages from people that said which saints. Uh, in the Catholic Church, we should pray to. So, uh, Betty, if you're listening, I'm bringing that home to you uh, to try to get it raining. It'll probably, uh, I think, by any forecast, rain uh, by Sunday of this week.